Welcome to All About Data on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jory Heckman. Thanks for joining me this week on All About Data. On today's episode, we're joined by Thomas Beach, FDA's Associate Director of Data Governance. Tom, thanks for joining me. A good place to get started here would just be unpacking a little bit more of the FDA's Data Modernization Action Plan. Just by way of introduction for my audience, tell me a little bit more about that modernization plan and what some of the top goals have been. Great. I'm glad to be here and happy to talk about the good work that FDA is embarking on. I'll say that's an interesting organization that's very committed to modernization action plans, and I think the key word being action. So on this one, we have the DMAT or the Data Modernization Action Plan, which is integral to uh, several other ones, the TMAP, the CMAP, and the EMAP. And those all have acronyms that start with a different word that all play well together. That's enterprise, cyber, and technology. So when we focus on data, we're really focusing on three pillars around use cases. How are they providing business value, visible, and how they are aligned to actual real work? Then you know, something called data practices. And that's really sort of how do we do this well, repeatable, governed, and automated, and those kind of things. But those kind of efforts really give birth to interesting concepts, programs, and action items. And the last tenant would be around talent. How do we make it collaborative, elastic, and diverse? That's a fascinating area. Our chief data officer, Ron Meyer, very passionate around the ta- talent work area. And I can tell you, they're doing some really interesting, unique work here at FDA, where it's applied learning tracks, where they're focusing on real problems that are enterprise, right? So that means we have six centers and offices at FDA that have very specific purposes, albeit sometimes different than others, you know, drugs and biologics versus tobacco and foods, for example. And then there's some commonalities across it. So what they look at is how do we formulate a data science team, you know, small groups and tackle what arguably it may be a specific issue or challenge, but looking at what is the enterprise lessons learned, sort of like, you know, natural language processing, you know, data wrangling and understanding how to convert data into decision making. Those are universal. So those are some of the activities we've going on there. We're in our second cohort of the talent team, which is great. Data practices has resulted in something called the Data Modernization Steering Committee, and that's our agency's sort of data governance board, if you will. It really puts into play the leadership level around data practices, and we've given some great opportunities there around data catalog and inventory, data governance, quote unquote, as a service. These are the kind of practices that have given opportunity. And the focal point here is that we have all the representation from the centers involved. That's really key to all of this. And then this gets applied in, in the first tenant I mentioned around use cases, right? So what do we do that's actually of value? What are real problems we're trying to solve, whether it's submissions of applications for drugs and the vast amount of data that comes in and vast amount of formats and how do we you know maximize decision making and reduce the amount of time of wrangling so there's some use cases there that have proved out to be quite interesting well that's a great zoomed out view of all of the work that's been going on here tom you mentioned these Mm -hmm. action items and uh really these use cases these frontline applications of putting data to work here can you tell me a little bit more about some of those Sure. So one of the areas that sort of near and dear to my heart has really circled itself around the data domain of firms, and I'll get into what that means, and products. So under sort of the first couple months of being here at FDA, realizing that in master data management, I have a love-hate relationship with buzzwords, I have to tell you. Um, I want to unpack that into what does that mean? 
So master data management, really, how do we understand what we're doing in terms of common efforts to provide you know, success on the mission of public health, right? So how do we understand firms? And, and I'll start there because it seems sort of like an obvious thing. A firm will register or a company will register themselves and list their products. Seems, seems straightforward. But we have firms that are regulated by center statutes and center rules, right? So a drugs firm will be regulated this way and a foods firm will be regulated that way. The issue is my definition of a name doing business as address, the current address, is it the address of the headquarters? Is it the address of the warehouse? Is it the address of the manufacturer? Those all come into play and just breathe a maximum amount of complexity on something that might be straightforward. And so that's where my focus has been really specifically around how do we get our arms around a master data management system that works at the enterprise level? So we can answer the questions about, you know, how many types of food and what types of tomatoes are happening in different venues, such as surveillance or inspections or testing and labs. So the point there is that because if we don't get the kernel right uh, around firms, then we have an issue around who is it, the who, what, where, and why. And I'll say that because the Pfizer's of the world don't move a lot. Um, they seem to have stagnant addresses, but the complexity comes into the new drugs that are created and where they're coming from and where they're manufactured. The difference there with foods is, you know, if I'm in a rural area and I have a pickup truck and I collect food crops from my neighbors and, and start selling it down the street, you know, arguably I've become a food distributor. But those are very different entities to be regulating and you know, requiring this type of information and that type of information from. So I just want to give a little breath to the specific area here of things that matter at the enterprise level and sort of how it's complex, but also, you know, exciting. It's exciting to figure it out. Yeah. And I guess on the flip side of things, in the food portfolio of things, one mm -hmm. obviously big thing is tracing back salmonella or some sort of foodborne illness and tracing that back to whatever farm, whatever distributor. That seems to be a very data-driven enterprise. And that seems to be part and parcel with what the FDA does every day, it seems. Mm -hmm. So now this, I would argue, is relatively new. This is really, you know, modernization is about how can we do it better, right? And be more collaborative and more into you know, making seamless or frictionless data sharing, right? So I think you know, they're doing a tremendous job. And, and I'd argue the men and women of the FDA on the front line delivering on the mission of public health is huge, right? It's a massive undertaking and they do it as they can do it. The reality is those of us who are sort of back in the infrastructure side of that side of the world, how can we help? How can we make data seamlessly, as you said, work for us so they can continue to do what they do, but even do it better, right? So again, you're right. There's a lot that's happening. There's a lot of data sets that are coming from different public and private. And how do we extract from a Reddit or from a social media post, you know, an outbreak that we may not know, or it could come out from someone saying, hey, I got sick from eating something, right? And then we have to work backwards to find out where that's coming from. So it is by far a data challenge that is continuous and ongoing. But I will say, having just joined the FDA recently, I'm very impressed with the team and the talent that exists in this organization. Okay. You mentioned this second cohort you're now on with the data workforce. Tell me a little bit more about that and how this got started and what the future of this data-driven workforce is supposed to look like. It is exciting there. Um, you know, the cohorts, we've had the first two cohorts come through. One was looking at was relative to um, tobacco and the filing of tobacco applications. And it really gets into 
the idea of sort of the vaping world, and, and I'm not going to go too far in this because my, my expertise in this field is very limited, but understanding that in the world of vape, there's sort of food additives and flavorings versus the chemical compound that even makes up tobacco. So there's regulations on how we do that. So the, the issue becomes organizations will send in submissions for tobacco products and they come in the thousands. And it's just, it's an unwieldy amount of data that has to be sifted through. And it's in a classic example of what you do with a data typhoon of, of information to, to get to what is really relevant to the examiner or the person on the other side. So. That's been very, very exciting. We, we certainly are looking forward to um, other areas of interest, whether it's sort of artificial intelligence based work, um, really looking at natural language processing in the next cohort. And again, I have to say this is really the vision of, of Ron Meyer, our CDO, who's just very vested in this process and scaling it and really looking at how does the workforce like I mentioned, we have a very talented and smart workforce, right? So do we train them up in data science or continue to provide that? And or do we go another approach too, which is to bring in new data scientists and, and have them work on the challenges that we have. So it's, it's arguably a combination of both is what we've been looking at. And if you may have read or heard something called the 1560, it's a government opium nomenclature for a position called data scientist and there's specific ways to hire and bring them into government and i think that's an exciting opportunity too it's the first time in a very long time that a new position description has been created let alone for something forward-leaning like data scientists so we look at hiring we look at up training we look at applied learning right and that's really sort of where the focal point point. and i think what's really neat Again, the common theme about being in the Office of Data and Analytics and Research is the enterprise view. And by enterprise view, it means collaboration. So it does take sort of the, the opportunity for those that want to work on something that may not be their expertise, such as um, biologics, and work on a project that's tobacco-based, but for the, for the right reason. That's the interesting part. Yeah. And so just to clarify on that, this data cohort initiative that's more on the upskilling side of things or more of the bringing new folks in side of things? Yeah, so I mean, FDA is looking at all points of view, right? I mean, I think that's what that's sort of what I meant is that we we are exploring opportunities in all directions, not a one and done, right? We don't just sort of hire our way out of a problem or just offer some training on, you know, a third party platform. Like you, you can't just sort of check the box. You've got to create an, an ecosystem that's elastic and, and, you know, part of it is where, where our CDOs looked at mentoring. Mentoring is a key component of that, right? You can have a project, but you need mentors involved in the project that coach and uptrain and perhaps the next student that was in the class will want to become a mentor. So this becomes an ecosystem. We are speaking with Thomas Beach, FDA's Associate Director for Data Governance. We're going to take a short break, but we'll continue our conversation when we return. I'm Jory Heckman, and you're listening to All About Data on Federal News Network. Welcome back to All About Data. We're speaking with Thomas Beach, FDA's Associate Director of Data Governance. Looking at this another way, I think the past couple of years have been uh, pretty eye-opening in terms of what CDOs and data shops across the federal government have been able to do under the Foundations for Evidence-Based Policymaking Act. And from your perspective on things, what, what do you consider those major milestones in implementing the Evidence Act? 
So one of the things, you know, having been on the other side uh, years ago, working on detail with OMB to to write out the first federal data strategy, and in particular, I was leading the data governance portion of that with a great team. It was just a really awesome experience with team. So it's interesting to be on one side of, you know, writing playbooks and suggestion, and then now living on the other side of like, how do we do and make it happen? You know, it's the wherewithal from the top down, whether it's Dr. Woodcock or Vid Desai, our CIO, that go, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to move our CIO shop and reorg it so it is within the commissioner's office. And sort of what does that mean from, from a layman's perspective? It means it's, it's in the spotlight in terms of if you have data acumen at the highest level, it's connected to an organization that can go forth and do, right? It's not sort of in a vacuum. And it's just sort of a policy with no action. This reorganization is is really crucial, and it's a huge undertaking. The sense of the step to move a cultural phenomenon in an organization is complex and broad um, and detailed as FDA, right? So each of these centers have you know their own IT systems and their own everything, so to speak. And so pulling that together and making this sort of marker by doing the reorg is a, is a very big monumental step in it. And, and the immediate, you know, deliverables on that were the multiple, you know, the T-map, the D-map, the E-map, and the C-map, you know, to, to tell the world that, hey, this is where we're headed and this is what we're doing. So they're really kind of living and breathing the Evidence Act by positioning the CDO in the organization in a way that has the profile necessary to, to get things done. And so it's our job to sort of be this stakeholder in chief, if you will. I feel like that's part of the role and the change agent, right? That's what we do is being a team on the CDO uh, organization is taking in multiple points of view and multiple product ownership and and building it on the front end. So one of the things that I get excited about is the fact that I work on something called EMDM, which is my way of saying enterprise MDM. And what we're doing differently is we're not building an MDM system for one specific purpose or center. It's for the agency overall. Um, it's our first domain of several domains that we'll want to tackle at the, the enterprise level. But this is our proving point. And I think that goes a long way. When FDA says, yep, we're willing to, to lay down the marker and, and say, can you can you prove this point? Can you make enterprise master data management work for firms? So can we all say at the same time, we know exactly how many firms are doing how many things in how many different places and where and when and what, right? To be able to answer those questions quickly across an organization is the is the testament to this. So, um, you know, they, I get excited because, again, they're, they're living and breathing and, and, and making the Evidence Act real, which has been one of the reasons I came to FDA. You mentioned earlier, Tom, about how the FDA now more than ever has an increasingly diverse pool of data that has to work with. Tell me in a little bit more detail here how that increased pool of data can lead to new insights and how does FDA ultimately fold those into its existing pool of data to unlock these kind of insights? Because it's such a large organization, there's a lot of partnerships with the family, which is HHS, Health and Human Services. So, so we have the Center for Disease Control, CDC, and other sibling agencies for which there are agreements, MOUs, or a memorandum of understandings for data sharing. So we can unlock sort of what's happening there to happen here in terms of insights. And that's, I'd say, one of the areas that, that's that's quite exciting is, is how to understand imports data is a really critical example of customs and border protection, they are the jurisdiction for a certain amount of data when it comes to imports. And that that sort of data streams into the FDA. And that's an area where we get the who and the what, right? Like who is importing what is the question. But 
again, it's being um, done in another organization for their specific purposes. And so we're trying to repurpose an authoritative source of data right for our agency's needs and so it is an example of how do we make sort of the most of what you're getting and then go okay well how can we add to that how can we get clever in terms of ensuring that a company hasn't moved or a company is no longer in business or a company is not you know selling this product but doing that product so the, the breadth of data sources can be from social media feeds that can be from company websites we certainly do some sort of piloting around you know, scraping for that information because at the end of the day it turns into a manual process of trying to call and verify who has been doing what and where and when so we can send out our inspections team um, which is not a, a, a an inexpensive endeavor right and make sure that the inspections business operation can do what it's supposed to do so again we pull from a lot of data from internal that we want to share because a lot of entities or companies can be registering a biologic, a medical device, and potentially a food. And so they're almost, to them, it almost looks like they're in four different agencies. But from our perspective, it should be one agency. So again, these are examples of systems that are internal that have to really learn and share data. How do we use the multiple registration systems? Because there are specific registration systems that are tied to specific legislation on how they they enter into the organization. So that's a good example of we have a, several registration systems for a very specific purpose. But then if they're done slightly differently, then we have, you know, four versions of the truth and understanding what that firm is, who's related to them, where they are and, and what they're doing. Again, can be more challenging than it seems. I know some of this might seem sort of almost pedestrian or obvious, but it's very important because it's surgical and how we have to make our decisions. Right. Well, it seems like that data sharing piece of things just seems like a big part of one, what the evidence is all about and two, where the FDA is going with all this work and all this building up of its data capabilities. In terms of what's lying ahead for the future, what are some of the FDA's data sharing goals? That's part of what's exciting, right? If you can do it in, in some of these complex areas, then then we can grow it out. So scaling is, is the second part. But the first part is piercing through sort of the challenges of data sharing agreements and creating platforms like we have uh, Precision FDA, which is a really exciting, secure, collaborative computing platform that allows the public and companies to really kind of work within the organization around data sets to advance, you know, precision medicine. So that's a really good example of how are we effectively tackling very specific needs around in the medical and chemical area. Now, how can we grow that out is sort of the exciting part of part two. So um, that's one example of where we're headed, looking at how do we improve sort of the partnership with other agencies, certainly with, as I mentioned, with customs to figure out where can policy opportunity lay to improve data quality in the organization. I think that's another exciting area. Because if you look at what we do have, we have FDA has a couple dashboards. If you just, you'll find some really exciting areas of the uses of visualizing data when it comes to imports and, and understanding, you know, what are we talking about when we say scale and scope and size of different areas, whether it's medical devices and foods that make up a large component of what we regulate as being imported. And so, um, sometimes it's surprising what you see there for data sets or insights, but also the question becomes, how do we leverage this more and more and support sort of universal challenges around supply chain, right? Um, surveillance, how do we tactically and improve our ability to understand where is happening with what sort of outbreak or understanding labeling 
and things like that. So tracing is an important one, as I think you, you mentioned earlier too, but those are areas that by us focusing time and energy on, we're able to unearth sort of what does that mean? You know, it means one thing in, in one center for like, let's say Cedar, they would have their go-to data sets outside the organization that they would leverage. Question becomes, how do we scale that as an enterprise? Because there might other be other opportunities for other centers sort of in that data sharing world. So one of the things that we're tackling is, is around data assets and sort of understanding the data purchases that are going on in the organization. So we can at least understand how much of that is even happening and where so we can really leverage it. That's another area, I think, of the federal data strategy we talked about was the, the data purchases by government. So just purchasing of data sets, understanding how you can get the most bang for the buck? Yeah, absolutely. And, and if one center buys them, you know, do we buy it twice? Do we buy it three times? It's just judicious and how we purchase and then how we share within an organization, right? So it's readily available. And this, again, is the classic story, right? If one center buys it and puts it in one system, well, then how does someone else in the organization get access to it? These things should feel like FDA has bought it and it's for all of FDA. But the reality is there's a lot of different nuances, again, that come with licensing and procurement. To zoom yeah. out here a little bit, you know, I think mm -hmm. if you get CDOs in a room together, you do get to hear a little bit of the bottlenecks, some of the stuck gears, the things that uh, have been hurdles uh, in terms of implementing the uh, Evidence Act mm -hmm. or implementing the, the federal data strategy. What do you see some of those hurdles being in terms of getting progress done? Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Yeah, so I mean, there, like I said, FDA is, is a unique um, organization from my, my experience because they're very good at doing very specific things. Um, the challenge is to sort of say, hey, this is for the greater good. Um, you know, by sharing this, opening this up and taking on um, an enterprise view of things. So I think it's sort of the, again, some of the classic, you know, I know what go-to data sets I go to to answer my questions, right, at the at the desktop level. And then how do I figure out what I don't know is what I don't know. Part of what is interesting about FTAs is because they're scientists, you know, they, they look at the fact that they could look at things differently and, and be open to data sets. So the challenge really is how do we as an organization, the CDO organization, position ourselves for a frictionless enterprise data platform? That was Thomas Beach, FDA's Associate Director of Data Governance. You can find the full interview and transcript on federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Jory Heckman, and thanks for listening to this episode of All About Data. Thanks for listening to All About Data on Federal News Radio, part of Federal News Network. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your favorite podcast app. Search for All About Data on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows.